Uh, good morning, sisters and brothers. Uh, let's pray as we come to God's Word. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that you speak to us uh, by your Spirit uh, through your Word this morning. Uh, we pray that you guard us and guide us uh, and help us to think rightly uh, and therefore act rightly. Uh, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and blown. Walk on, walk on, with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. Well, fans of the Liverpool, Liverpool Football Club will probably recognise those lyrics as their theme song. Uh, the song, You'll Never Walk Alone, originally came from a musical in the 40s uh, and was performed in the 60s by a local Liverpool band. In the last few weeks, it's also become, in some places, an anthem of support for frontliners and for those in quarantine due to COVID-19. In the song, walking is a metaphor for living and for progressing in the journey of life. It's a metaphor that we met a couple of weeks ago in chapter 2, verse 6 of Colossians, uh, which reads this. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As we looked at Colossians over the last few weeks, I think we've come to realize that that particular verse really summarizes the message of the book. Uh, Colossians has shown us the glory and supremacy and sufficiency of Christ Jesus the Lord. We've seen there that, that Christ is the creator and the ruler of all, the one by whom and through whom and for whom everything exists. We've seen what he has done for us in his death on the cross, taking our sin and our guilt and our punishment in our place. And we see that he has been raised from the dead and ascended to God's right hand on high. And the message of the glorious Lord Jesus has come even to us Gentiles. And we have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. Colossians also has been warning us about the dangers of adding to Christ or, or walking away from him. And instead we've been shown the shape of the genuine Christian life as opposed to religious and spiritual alternatives being presented to the Colossians. And we saw it summarized once again, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And last week, we began to see how to walk in Christ. Uh, and we saw the motivation was what God, has, what God has already done for us in Christ. And we saw the need to engage in deliberate and decisive action. And we saw a whole list of things that we should put off. And in a couple of weeks' time, when we get back to Colossians, we will see what to put on instead. And we'll see what that looks like in church, at home, at work, in the world. And those are all things about our character, about how we walk. And so the Christian life, we saw as two things, receiving Christ the Lord, and then walking in Him. This week, as it's Pentecost Sunday, we will ask the question, where does the Holy Spirit fit into this? We know the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is the Spirit of God. Uh, we know that Jesus has ascended into heaven, uh, but we saw in Colossians we have Christ in us, or Christ among us, and we know that He is with us by His Spirit. Uh, the Spirit is God, who is, who is even with us now. He, he dwells in us individually. He dwells among us as a church. Uh, and because we have the Spirit, then we have Christ. 
And if we have Christ, then we have the Father. And so the Spirit is the one who, who mediates God's presence to us. But he does not draw attention to himself. And rather, he points our hearts, he points our church to Jesus and brings glory to him. It's not that surprising, therefore, that we don't read much about the Spirit in the book of Colossians. In fact, he's only mentioned once in the whole book. I'll let you read Colossians yourself again to see if you can find the reference. But from other parts of the Bible, we discover he has quietly worked behind the scenes in all the things we've seen there. And today we're going to go behind the scenes, so to speak, and look at the work of the Spirit who, who points us to Christ Jesus the Lord and enables us to walk in him. We've already been reminded that we start our Christian life by receiving Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, on the one hand, that was something we did. We heard the gospel and we believed. We believed that Jesus died for our sins and rose again, and we trusted him to save us as our risen Lord, and so we handed our lives over to him. And we determined that from that point onward, we did not want to live for our old self, but we would live for him. All that is true. But when you look at the other side of the same coin, we discover we could never have made that decision unless the Spirit of God was working in us. Now that's why the Apostle Paul uh, says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, he says this, No one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about mouthing the words. He's, he's talking about the Spirit enabling us to believe Jesus is Lord from the heart. And that is the Spirit's work. And the gospel he brings us is the Spirit's word about Jesus. And we've been reading and hearing about the greatness and glory of Jesus in Colossians. Who do you think is the one who enabled Paul to write those words? It's the Spirit who points us to Christ. Who do you think has been empowering preachers down through the ages to preach them? the Spirit who points us to Christ. Who do you think worked in your heart to enable you to believe in the glory of Jesus and entrust yourself to Him? It's the Spirit who points us to Christ. And the gospel of Christ is preached to us through the Spirit's messengers in the Spirit's power and the Spirit opens our hearts to believe and accept that message and put our faith in Christ. Apart from the Spirit, none of us would know Jesus as our Lord. Remember when Jesus was speaking to, to Nicodemus back in John chapter 3? Uh, John chapter 3, uh, Jesus said, uh, down in verse, uh, in verse 3, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In verse 5, he says, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Right? You need God to wash you on the inside. You need God's Spirit to come into you and give you new life. A flesh gives birth to flesh, Jesus said. People can have children. But only the Spirit can give spiritual life. And so for us to, to come to Christ, to turn away from sin, and to have a saving faith in Him, that, that actually took a miracle. And that was the life-giving work of the Spirit. He enabled us to believe in Jesus. Have you received Christ Jesus the Lord? If you have, it's because of the Holy Spirit. We've seen from the Colossians as well, the second part of the Christian life is closely linked to the first. Remember Colossians chapter 2 verse 6? As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. 
live his way. And while on the one hand that is a command for us, something for us to do, motivated by what God has done for us in Christ, Colossians also hints there is another side to the coin. Uh, for in our passage last week, uh, it also says that our new selves are being renewed in knowledge after the image of their Creator. In other words, on the one hand, we are told to change. At the same time, we are told that God is at work changing us to become more like Christ in our character. And that, too, is the work of the Spirit. Uh, the Spirit is the one who leads that change. Uh, in Romans chapter 8, uh, in verse 14, uh, we read that all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And verse 13 explains what the Spirit leads us to do. It says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. In other words, the Spirit is leading us to kill sin in our lives. Remember how last week we saw from Colossians a whole list of things to get rid of. Well, the Spirit is the one who is working in our hearts and telling us to do that. The Spirit is anti-sin. And he's leading us to be anti-sin as well. Uh, we see that again uh, in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 18, uh, we read that if we are led by the Spirit, we are not under the law. And what does it mean to be led by the Spirit here? Well, in verse 17, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. The works of the flesh, from verses 19 to 21, uh, are listed there, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like that. Doesn't that remind you about that, that list of things that we saw in Colossians last week that were, that were meant to get rid of? On the other hand, the fruit of the Spirit, in verse 22, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are the kind of things that Colossians is going to tell us to put on. And again, here in Galatians, we see that it's the Spirit who is leading us to do that. If we are led by the Spirit, we will produce the fruit. If we are genuine believers, then we will and we must go along with Him in that direction. If we belong to Christ, verse 24, we have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We have said, no, flesh, we want you to die. And so we need to follow the Spirit in putting that decision into practice day by day. If we live by the Spirit, verse 25, the Spirit has given us new life. Let us walk by the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. You see, the Spirit leads us away from sin to being like Christ in our character. And so being led by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, producing the fruit of the Spirit, they're all about being godly. They're all about, to put it in Colossian kind of terms, walking in Christ. But what they help us see is that our walking in Christ is not alone. The Spirit is there, behind the scenes, guiding us, helping us, leading us, changing us to be more like Christ. And again, that's hardly surprising, is it? Uh, because that is actually what God promised in our Old Testament reading today. I remember after God's people were sent into exile, uh, when they didn't obey God's law, God made a promise to them through the prophet Ezekiel. Uh, he promised them uh, in Ezekiel 36 uh, that one day he would bring them back. 
uh, in verse 25, uh, he says that he's going to wash them clean from their sins. In verse 26, he's going to, to give them a new heart. Uh, in fulfillment of that, we've seen that in John 3. We've been born of water and the Spirit. And then look again in verse 27. God says, And I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You see, the same Spirit who will give God's people new birth will enable them from the inside to obey Him. And the Spirit not only brings us to Christ, but He grows us in Christ. This spiritual growth is a work that needs our cooperation, which is why the Colossians are told to put certain things off and put certain things on. But we have the Spirit, and that should make all the difference, because we have God Himself working with us and in us to change our lives. Now, there are a number of things the Spirit uses uh, as He does that. And we're just going to look at two of them this morning. First of all, the Spirit speaks God's Word to us in an ongoing way. And it gives us soft hearts to believe and obey. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is breathed out by God. It is God's Word because your Word is carried on your breath, isn't it? But the Word for breath is also the Word for Spirit. You could say the Bible is God's Spirit. And the Apostle Peter, speaking about the Old Testament, says that no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Which is why the writers of Hebrews can quote Psalm 95 and Hebrews 3.7 and say, This is what the Holy Spirit says. And make the same quote one chapter later in Hebrews 4.7 and it says, This is what God said through David. What God said through David a thousand years beforehand, is what the Holy Spirit continued to say at the time of the writer. And the Holy Spirit still speaks through the word that he has given. The Bible is the Spirit's word. As we've been reading Colossians together over the last, uh, as we've been reading Colossians together over the last few weeks, the Spirit's been at work among us, hasn't he? Because reading, hearing, believing, and obeying the word of God is a profoundly spiritual experience. That is a spirit that honors Christ and gives him the central place because the, the spirit glorifies Christ. And it's an experience that is our great privilege given to us by our gracious God. The spirit speaks to us in his word. He tells us that Christ is Lord. He tells us what it means to walk in him. And he gives us hearts that believe that word and want to obey. Because through the word, the spirit assures us of God's love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, now the Bible tells us that God, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And how does he do that? Well, verse 6 says that he shows us that Christ died even for undeserving sinners like us. God shows us his love in verse 8, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, it's the Spirit who enables us to believe and appreciate and respond to the love of God that is shown at the cross. And by enabling us to better and better grasp that love, He enables us to endure suffering, how to build character through it, and to hold on to the hope that we have in the future. If it were not for the Spirit, the death of Jesus would have no meaning for us. 
and the love of God would not motivate us to change. It is the Spirit who enables us to believe the gospel and to be changed by it. And that is why in Colossians, the Spirit through Paul keeps circling back to the cross. He tells us that in Christ we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He reminds us that we've been reconciled to God in Christ by the body of flesh, by His death, to, to be presented holy and blameless and, and above reproach before Him. He tells us that God cancelled the record of sin that stood against us, nailing it to the cross with Christ, so that Christ bore the penalty of sin on our behalf. The Spirit shows us the love of God at the cross of Christ and applies that love to our hearts. He enables us to believe that we have died with Christ, that we are seated with Him, that we will appear with Him in glory when He returns, and so fills our hearts with thankfulness to God and love for Him, and thus motivates us to walk in His ways. Not only when we first believed, but in an ongoing way. And so the same Spirit who enabled us to receive Christ Jesus the Lord empowers us to walk in Him. Brothers and sisters, there are many more things we could say today about the work of the Spirit. But what we see this morning is that even though the Spirit is hardly mentioned in Colossians, He is very active behind the scenes. He is the one who enables us to receive Christ Jesus the Lord and then walk in His ways. And He does it as He speaks His word to our hearts, giving us new life, showing us the love of Jesus, and giving us the will to obey Him from the inside. This is not something that we can manufacture or manipulate, but it is something we can pray for. And in a moment, we'll all pray together for, for those of us who are watching this today, but who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. And we will pray that the Spirit will enable them to receive Christ Jesus the Lord. And we will also pray for those of us who have already received Christ Jesus the Lord. And we will pray that the Holy Spirit will enable us to walk in Him and be changed step by step into His image. And that as we do that, we will truly know that because the Spirit is in us, Christ is with us. And so as we walk in Christ, we never walk alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you gave your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross to pay the penalty of our sin. Thank you that you have raised him from the dead and, and seated him at your right hand on high. We, we thank you that through him you have given your Spirit to all your people. And because your Spirit is with us, you are with us. Christ is with us. And we live day by day in your presence. And so we do not walk alone. We pray, Father, today for, for those who are part of this online service who, who don't yet know the reality of the new birth, of sins forgiven, of eternal life in Christ. Have mercy upon them, we pray. Please would you send forth your Spirit to give them that new birth that they cannot give themselves. Please, would your Spirit convince them of their sin and their guilt so they, they recognize their need for a Savior. 
please would you send your spirit to open their eyes that they might see Jesus who loves them and gave his life on the cross for them to pay the penalty of their sin. Please would your spirit enable them to trust in Jesus as their Savior and submit to him as their Lord, that they may truly know you as their Father and Jesus as their loving Master whom they will serve all their days. May they receive Christ Jesus the Lord. And Father, we pray for all of us who know Christ Jesus as our Lord. And we thank you so much for the work of your Spirit, enabling that in our lives. Father, we know your Spirit is leading us to, to kill sin in our lives, and so led by the Spirit, that is what we want to do. Please, Father, may your Spirit enable us to change our attitudes and our behavior to be more like Jesus. Please, may he keep speaking to us in his word. Please, would he open the eyes of our hearts that we will see and appreciate your love more and more. Uh, please, would he keep on taking us back to the cross where we see your love displayed. Please, would he keep changing us by that love into the image of your Son that we may indeed walk in Him all the days of our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.